0: up nerds and welcome back to your weekly movie review and nerd news podcast that's right it's time for this week's edition of the 3 fn podcast of course this week we will be reviewing the brand new movie don't worry darling in the second half for the 3 fn movie club review in the first half of the show we'll be talking nerd news and of course diesel's movie ripple stuff but before we can get to any of that we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games, and I am your host, Rich. And the nerds are all here. Let's start with the man that just this past weekend got every one of his picks correct on his NFL pick sheet. That is a miracle this week, ladies and gentlemen. He's the soothsayer of NFL football. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. I quantum leaped into the past a couple days and then came back for it. And you know, did you do it the old school style or the new school style? No, no, definitely old school. My new school sucks. You're like fuck that. I'm I'm going with Scott Bakula. Yeah, And, it, and that's why I never watched the new episode, the new yeah. series, because uh-huh. I'm Scott Bakula for life, bro. I right, get you. Of course, the other nerd in the building. He needs no introduction. Yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style hashtag Challenge Accepted hashtag Rain Man hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel, the future Mr. Allison Mack. There you go. Yeah, you're definitely going to get the tattoo. That means she owns oh, your ass. Oh, yeah. Maybe you should get it on your ass. Ooh, that's an idea. Because then she's owns your ass. Once <laughs> she's released, I will show it to her. All right, let's get X-rated for a second. Would you take a pegging from Allison Mack?
1: For the story, yes. If he said no, he's
0: lying. I was going to say, if he said no, he's lying. He, he did that old dramatic pause just to make you guys <laughs> think that he was thinking about it. I mean, just to let you guys in on the inside. Well ronald how has been your week uh it's been a week can't really complain too much um you know it's
2: nothing exciting or super happening uh had the two game groups everything seems to be moving forward in both of them uh the friday group you know the tomb of annihilation nobody died this week because i took pity on them because it was not everybody could make it and so i'm like well we're not gonna have a full out count on this one because they would all died so we just moved forward and just you know moved the campaign forward on that one, the Wednesday group, we are we stopped that the I think the boss battle for this situation. And so we'll have more next week on that one. But that's pretty much been it. All
1: right. And Diesel, how's been the week? It's been a week. Just been doing the work thing and the side work thing. Just hustling, trying to make that fucking cheddar. Make them Dalla dala Bills, y'all? Yeah, it's been a pretty boring week. It's just been work and work and work.
0: I got you. I hear you there. Uh, I've had a, a, a pretty, I wouldn't say boring week. I, you know, I froze my ass off at the kids' varsity football game, but at least they won. And then on top of that, I did a little few things with the family over the weekend. But most importantly today I got I I have something to bitch about I didn't even do this for I'm just on patreon I'm gonna vent it here ladies and gentlemen we As you know, I'm going to New York comic-con with Ken M from the ODPH and today was supposed to be Reservation time for panels and like different other reservation stuff We were just trying to get into like two panels that we really wanted to get into a lot of the other ones are just comic book ones Which you don't have to sign up for whatever So anyways noon Eastern Standard Time, right? I go on at noon, can't get in. About 12.10, finally get into the queue. Because literally, page didn't exist until 12.10. Yep. So then I get into the queue. And then it's like pause. And then it's like, okay, it's going to be over an hour. Then it's like pause. Then it's like, every time it paused, by the way, it was crashing. So their servers kept crashing because they did things stupidly. And because they didn't invite us back as press this year... And because I'm a fan, I'll bitch about the fact that, man, this was the most botched shit from a Comic-Con who has been in business for as long as they have. This isn't their first rodeo, and they're not a mom-and-pop shop, and they're not a smaller one. I've been to plenty of other cons who handled this just fine, and I get it. The volume there is a lot greater. But once again, they should be ready for that value. Yeah. It's not like this is their first year throwing New York Comic-Con, right? No. So it's very very disappointing and of course they put out the well We're really sorry for the inconvenience. convenience later in the week. We'll put it back up It's like okay cool. What well, does that help out if I can't get on when you do it? And also that if I can't go to see the one or two panels that I actually want to see because I can't reserve a fucking spot because Hey, you couldn't be bothered to make sure that uh, your reservation servers would work You had all this time literally it, the show starts next a week from this Thursday we are literally, what, uh, was that, 10 days away? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. Do fucking better. And I hate complaining about things because I'm very understandable. like, you know me. At a restaurant, I will give every excuse to the wait staff and everything in the world. However, on this case, they irritated me firstly by, you know, not letting us in as press. Okay, cool, whatever. And they snubbed a lot of our other great friends who deserve to be pressed. I'm just going to throw that out there. And then, so we still decided to go because it's a tradition for Ken. So I went and, you know, hey, let's go. We are still doing work down there. I just want to point that out. You might not have a CES press, but other people do. And I can't tell about it, but there's some big, there's some big things going down. Uh, so and a lot of things that would not probably be open if we were covering New York Comic Con as press because I don't think we'd be able to leave New York Comic Con to go to the secondary locations to do the press work for other people no. if we were stuck in their panels and shit. So I guess kudos to you for not making us press because we're gonna have a way better trip without you and still be doing the press things. So it's just fucking it's obnoxious though, obnoxious. Not to mention some of the better panels are fucking buy a ticket panels. <sighs> when they raise the price of tickets you sons of bitches Ugh just bothers me so much bothers me so much i'm not even gonna get into anything else so there you go that's my rant for new york comic-con and anybody else that's visiting new york comic-con probably has the same rant let's be honest well now that I've gotten that out the way, I hope everybody's having a way better week than I am currently having with my stressors today. But before we can go any further, we need to let you know how to get a hold of us if you choose so. And it's simple. Just go to 3FNPodcast.com. At 3FNPodcast.com, you will find all of our social media links. Whenever you're talking about us on those social media links, please use the hashtag 3FNPod. Also, while you're there, you can check out uh, where you can find the 3FN Podcast, 607TWS, and... While you're also there, you can find out friends of the show like Kenem and the ODPH. They're listed right there as well, too. There's also our musical guests. Uh, it's the little musical directory where you can find out about the bands who let us use their music, including the band who does our theme music, Shout at the Robots. Make sure you support all those great bands. And, of course, make sure you follow and check out their music on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Also, there's links there for our T Public store, which we have new swag up. And uh, thank you for the people who have bought the swag. I, I very muchly enjoy it seeing it in the wild. It means a lot to us. Also, our Patreon link is there: patreon.com/slash3fnpodcast. For as little as one dollar a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content and help us support the show and everything we do here at 3fnpodcast/slash607podcast. So we do appreciate you as well. Twitch link is there as well. And of course, last but certainly not least, our local sponsors who help us bring this show to you each and every week, commercial free. Giving them a quick shout out right now, of course, Dragon Master Games, for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs. Visit them on the world wide web, dragonmastergames.com, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing, If you're in the 607 and are ready to put the pride back into your ride, give them a call at what number, Diesel? 607-644-3389. And last but certainly not least, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. It might not be going down until August 25th and 26th of 2023, but it's not too late to check out their website, subscribe to the newsletter, and check out all their social medias. You can find out all that information at Sci-FiHorrorFest.com. Yeah. Get it, Mario. Get it. I always root for Mario to get the uh, princess. Uh, no it's a
1: weird cuck situation well we've already been
0: over this I will say this one of the panels that we were trying to get into and it's going to be a hot ticket panel is actually the Super Mario Brothers movie panel where they're showing the first teaser trailer oh nice so it isn't being shown until then so I'm kind of like oh I would like to see that because I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to make Chris Pratt Mario but whatever but fuck you New York Comic Con or I guess fuck me because you're not letting me in because you can't get your goddamn website to work you sons of bitches you know what website does work (laughs) 3fnpodcast.com shoutouts to that website thank you so much All right, these five folks did not come to hear us just chat about my horrible times with New York Comic Con or (laughs) how to get a hold of us or 3fnpodcast.com although we love the fact that you check it all out keep checking it out and make sure you're smashing that subscriber follow button on whatever your favorite podcatcher is so you can uh, get our show automatically every week and maybe uh, if you have some time we really would appreciate a five star rating Eh, you know just throwing that out there Let's now dive into this week's edition of The Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom.
1: Fing, fang, foom. Oh, he was almost Uh. off again there, people. Come on,
0: Diesel. Why are you sleeping out of these days? I wasn't sleeping.
1: It faded a little too quick on it me. It <laughs> faded too quick on you.
0: Likely, excuse, Diesel. Well, let's start off the nerd news with a little Disney Plus news. More specifically, Werewolf by Night. Of course, at D23, the announcement did come that Werewolf by Night was going to be a thing. We got the first trailer there. And now, the first screenings of it have happened. And it is getting Rave reviews. I'm not nice. gonna go over them. I don't want to be a spoiler. like I, I didn't check on any spoiler ones But I don't even want to take this, the time to even make sure that they're spoilers I'm just saying that people were saying that this was masterful people loved the old-time feel of it They liked how it was like a hammer horror film uh, it, I on and on and on I have not seen a bad review coming out of the screeners for this uh, show yet Well technically it's a movie mini movie if you will uh, as of Sunday though Disney Plus has changed it over from what they originally called a hour-long comedy to an hour-long horror, fantasy, superhero, and action-adventure movie. So they have changed the entire dynamic of what they are announcing it for. How do you guys feel about what you've heard so far from Werewolf by Night and also the change in uh, genre selection for Disney Plus, starting with Ronald I'm fine with it on
2: either way they went with it, because I could understand the comedy aspect they would try, because it's Disney. I, I don't care. I wasn't a really big Werewolf by Night fan. Um, I only read a handful of the comics, uh, so and even then, I don't even think there are many two people who actually read it. They only read it because of the Moon Knight appearances and all that stuff, pretty much, I think. I could be wrong. them could be shunning me right now, but uh, I, I'm good with it. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's watch it.
0: Diesel!
1: Should have just left it a comedy and let those little bastards learn for themselves. <laughs> it's like the old Netflix meme. You enjoyed a bug's life. Watch The Human Centipede.
0: Ooh. <laughs> that would be a hell of a recommendation right there. Well, I, I, I've liked what I've seen so far of like the trailer. I've also liked what I've heard. It, it looks really cool, and I'm kind of game for it, cannot wait for it. Of course, it comes out and hits uh, Disney Plus on October 7th, so it's not like we have to wait that much longer, but... I'm, I'm all in. Hopefully, we get to see what all the fuss is about. And hopefully, it lives up to expectations. You know what else has uh, lived up to some expectations? Remember back in the day, we liked this movie called Cloverfield? Remember when it came out and nobody knew what the fuck it was about? And then when you saw it, you were like, oh, shit, it's like a Godzilla film. (laughs) (laughs) And it's pretty badass. And I mean, after you got over the seasickness of the actual camcorder shooting, doing a found footage film style was pretty cool. Well, after that, we ended up getting 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I know we all enjoyed. But it wasn't a Cloverfield movie in my estimation. I mean, you got the monsters at the end, but really it was more of a psychological thriller in a bunker. And then, of course, there was the uh, Cloverfield Paradox (laughs) that came straight to Netflix. Remember the day after a Super Bowl. And, oh boy, (laughs) that was garbage. Well it has now been 15 years since the original cloverfield and guess what we are now getting one deadline reports today which was this past friday that babak Anavari under the shadow and wounds is directing a new cloverfield movie for paramount with joe barton being hired to write the script. The last time this project popped up, it had been described as the first true sequel to Cloverfield, but Deadline's report this morning notes that all plot details are under wraps. Uh, Deadline reports, and I quote, it is unknown how this new installment will link to its predecessors, whether it's straight sequel to the original or an anthology piece that is set in the Cloverfield universe. Either way, it sounds like this one is a Cloverfield movie from the ground up, which should result in a new franchise installment with a firm connection to the 2008 movie Stay Tuned. Uh, J.J. Abrams is coming back to produce it for Bad Robot, along with Hannah Minghali, John Cohen, uh, Brian Burke, Matt Reeves, and Drew Goddard will executive produce, so the the Batman in his house. How are you feeling about the new announcement of a new Cloverfield, Cloverfield film? diesel i love it um this is one of the weirdest franchises
1: because as we all know the cloverfield paradox kind of went under the radar and if you did catch it you were just like eh 10 cloverfield lanes amazing movie but really doesn't tie in if they do an actual sequel to cloverfield and like boost up this franchise i'm all for it because it's a cool story ronald
2: yeah i'm, I'm fine with it i hopefully it'll be better than you know cloverfield paradox That
0: was kind of a stupid movie. But that's besides the point. Uh, But I'm fine with it. Let's see it. Let's go. All right. Well... I'm I'm a big fan. Let's be honest. I love Kaiju. This is basically a Kaiju film just set in America, and I cannot be happier to see another Cloverfield movie. Hopefully, we get Clover back because that is the whole point. Yeah, uh, I would be disappointed if we end up with more of a Cloverfield paradox. And you know what? As much as I like 10 Cloverfield Lane, I would just like another Clover movie. Yeah. Just give me the fucking monster, okay? Next up on the list, we're going to go over to Netflix news. And Netflix has announced finally the release date for Wednesday. And uh, they also gave us some new footage. We're not going to spend too much time on the new footage. The new footage is just kind of, you know, the same as what we've already seen. I mean, once you see Jenna Ortega as Wednesday, it's it's pretty much you've seen it all. Uh, I'm super pumped for this show. I love the casting. We've talked about that ad nauseum. The only thing left now is the date. And of course the date when it's going to arrive is November 23rd. All eight episodes will be streaming on Netflix. I think that they made a big mistake here though, because I think that they should have had this come out in October, which is the horror month. And this is the Addams Family, which is a horror kind of sitcom. So uh, I'm kind of curious to why they're waiting till November, but November 23rd, nonetheless, Diesel, your thoughts on Wednesday.
1: I agree with you 100%,
0: especially with Disney
1: Plus putting out Hocus Pocus 2 this week, you know, the first first week of October. That's the perfect time to do it. You know, granted, it can fit in the theme of fall, but yeah, I think you should have done it so it came out October 30th, October 31st, and that should have been the date. Absolutely, Ronald.
2: What are you talking about? It's Adam's Family is a Thanksgiving movie. I don't know why you guys forget this.
1: Adam's Family Two was
0: a Thanksgiving <laughs> movie. Adam's <laughs> the Family Two was a Thanksgiving mm-hmm.
2: film. So that's why that's why they're doing it. Done. Netflix don't care about what your thoughts are. They do what they want, and they are doing this right on cue.
0: It's perfect timing. I would also like to point out though that Adam's Family One was a Halloween film because it does take place around Halloween. So I mean, yeah, I guess it's still in the fall for both those movies. But this doesn't have a tie into the movies either. If they if they put
1: in the turkey song, then all is forgiven. And I, <laughs> November was hands down the correct choice.
0: I'll say this. If they do the entire pirate scene from from Adam's Family 2, like an updated version, I'll, I'll also allow it. I'll also allow it. Let's stick with Netflix news. Netflix announced that four original cast members from 1984's Beverly Hills Cop are returning for Eddie Murphy's Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley. That's, of course, it's Beverly Hills Cop Colin Axel Foley is the new movie coming to Netflix and the four would you who who do you think they are? I'll tell you who they are. Judge Reinhold, John Ashton, Paul Reiser and Bronson Pinchot. <laughs> Uh, which they were all part of the original Beverly Hills Cop series, which starred Eddie Murphy as Detroit cop Axel Fo- Foley. Producer Jerry Brockenheimer recently revealed when production on the move- fourth movie in the franchise would beginning. now Netflix confirms many fan favorites will be reprising their roles in the logline for Beverly Hills cop Axel Foley is being kept under wraps currently. Uh, once again, this movie was first announced that they were going to be doing it for Netflix in November of 2019. Totally so. Better late than never, right? Mm-hmm. COVID hit. Well, yeah, but still, uh, better late than never, right? <laughs> they, they they somehow got coming to America out. That was Amazon, though. Uh, so, guys, how are you feeling about not only getting that the production is starting for Beverly Hills Cop, Colin Axel Foley, but also we're getting the return of Judge Reinhold, John Ashton, Paul Reiser, and of course, most importantly, Bronson Pinchot? Ron. I'm all about this. Let's go. I, I can't wait to see this.
2: I'll probably enjoy it more than Coming to America. Yeah. I'm just saying.
1: All right. Diesel. Yeah, growing up, the highlights of these movies for me were Bronson Pinchot and um, Judge Reinhold. I love me some Judge Reinhold. Uh, Cannot wait. Um, This has me way more excited than Coming to America as well.
0: Yeah. I'm going to throw it out there. I thought John Ashton was dead. (laughs) So did I, I, actually. (laughs) So I'm very excited that he's A, not dead, and B, he's going to be in this movie. But I'm with you. I'm a big fan of Judge Reinhold, and he is... Eddie Murphy is Axel Foley, of course. But without Judge Reinhold, do we really have a Beverly Hills Cop movie? He no. was the heart of the franchise. He legitimately was. Well, he's the only other character besides Axel Foley to be in all four now mm-hmm. movies. But the past three, because remember, John Aston is only in one and two. Bronson Pinchot comes in on uh, one and comes back in three. But the only two consistent in the entire franchise is Eddie Murphy and Judge Reinhold. So I'm glad that they're riding yeah. the saddle again because they make a great team. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, we got to see good Judge Reinhold in the uh, first movie. And then, of course, uh, playing Billy. And, of course, uh, Axel Foley kind of turns him as a bad boy. As it goes down, he gets crazier and crazier. Uh, (laughs) I love him him part two when he's doing, uh, they go to the house to get the fingerprint. And he's looking at the back of his wall. He's like, Billy, we really got to talk because he's got all the guns on the wall. (laughs) He's like, we really got to talk. I love it. Cannot wait for it. It's one of my favorite franchises out there. Uh, speaking of which, if I was going to do something with the franchises, I'm pretty no. sure I would pick Beverly Hills Cop. And you guys should watch those movies as well. We got one more. And uh, this one's a fun one. There is a new Final Destination movie that has uh, been in the works for some time with none other than Spider-Man No Way Home's John Watts helping Shepherd uh, Shepherd. It to the big screen. The sixth film in the horror franchise just took a big step forward with The Hollywood Reporter bringing words that director Zach Lipinski and Adam B. Stein have been tapped to helm the new movie. The new film, which will once again follow a group being stalked by death who, who will kill them in wild, accident-specific ways, Watts wrote the treatment for the film, which boasts a script by Ready or Not and Scream 2022 scribes Guy Busick and Lori Evans Taylor, so that's in great hands. Uh, the best thing about this latest news for the Final Destination franchise isn't just that the series is being revived after a decade, but how the directing duo managed to land the job. According to The Trade, they pitched the film over a Zoom meeting to the executive at New Line Cinema and the franchise producers while sitting in front of a fireplace Thanks to some pre-recorded footage, however, they were able to make it seem like the fire got out of control and almost engulfed them. After putting it out, uh, their pair the pair sat back down, only for a ceiling fan to fall off on and decapitate one on the camera. As THR puts it, the execs and producers went from concern to all-out laughter. Uh, this is fucking great news, and this is why it's in the fun spot, because they literally... Set up their own desks in their pitch to become the directors of this film. Diesel, how do you feel about a new Final Destination movie? And, of course, how they got the job? Uh, The movie itself, I could
1: take it or leave it. But the way they got it is amazing. Like, if you want something, put forth that extra effort and get it. And they did, like... Setting your house ablaze, in quotes, and then, you know, having a ceiling fan decapitate of you brilliant. You stood out from all the rest. You showed that you care about this project and you are invested in this
0: project. That's awesome. Absolutely. I agree with that completely. Ronald, what's your thoughts? Oh, well, yeah,
2: exactly. If you, you know, it just shows if you really want something, do that little extra and it was enough to get them the job and... It obviously shows that it's gonna be in good hands. Yeah. It's Final Destination. There you know, there's fans of the franchise like anything. There's fans that you know, then there's people that aren't. And they'll say it's the same movie over and over again, but so is in every slasher. So it you know, people that love this franchise would probably enjoy it. I mean I'll see it, see how it goes. The last one didn't really do it for me, but that's just that's just me.
0: But you know, we'll see how it goes. That's fine. I, I think this is in great hands yeah. because uh let's be honest, they have Uh, the Radio Silence people writing the script, and they've done a great job with Ready or Not, and of course Scream, and of course the new Scream movie coming out uh, this upcoming year as well. And yeah, I thought this was the most ingenious way to pitch getting a job. Kudos, guys. Hopefully you guys make a fun and entertaining movie because that's what what I go to see when I see Final Destination. I don't go to see a movie that's going to scare me. I go to see a movie that is going to be entertaining from beginning to end and enjoy some good deaths and creative ones as well. Now we're going to be moving out of the, uh, of course, nerd news this week. And we're going to be jumping right on over to... Let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby
1: to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's Movie, Triple Stuff. Pretty interesting box office this week. Coming in at number five for its second week with
0: $1.9 million, Pearl. Ooh, uh, not too good in prices, but they didn't show it in a lot of locations, so that's probably why.
1: Uh, For its third week on the list, Barbarian with another $4.8 million. You know, it's still hanging in there strong. Number three,
0: with a re-release and $10 million, Avatar. I mean, I'm going to say this. The $10 million, decent amount of money. Don't get me wrong. But I don't believe the, I saw some people out there going, oh, with this, it proves that it's, it's going to tank. No. But I also saw some people out there like, oh, this proves that people are still interested. And I'm also going to say no. There's a, there's a joint no here. It's on the fence. We're going to have to see in December. And anybody who's getting their hopes up that we're going to be reviewing that movie, I don't care that it's going to be possibly the biggest blockbuster movie of that time. Yeah, no. If I want to see ripoffs of Waterworld, I will do it on my own time. I'll just watch Waterworld. (laughs) I gotta wash my hair. (laughs) I prefer I prefer Kevin Costner over anything that they've got going here. Mind you, this is not a shot at James Cameron. I think he's an amazing director and has written and directed some of the greatest movies of all time. However, I've never been a fan of Avatar. Let's be honest; it was a one-trick pony. It looked amazing, and the story sucked. Dances with Wolves
1: with blue people, folks. Number two this week: The Woman King with a eleven point one million dollars. Ooh, I I wish that would have opened for more. I've heard nothing but good things. And then uh, the big header this week, Don't Worry Darling, with
0: $19.2 million. Oh boy, a lot of people disappointed this week. (laughs) 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 Well, with that being said, Diesel, what's coming up this
1: upcoming week? All right, this week we have the movie Smile with the horrible viral movie
0: campaign. Which uh, Diesel's creeped out by, but me and Ron are intrigued by. And the movie we're going to go be seeing, Bros. That's right, Bros. will be next week's 3FN Movie Club Review. Well, October 6th, Terrifier 2 comes out. That's correct, and uh, I'm hopefully going to see it in New York
1: City. And then October 7th with the ma- massive releases, nothing really huge, Lyle Lyle, Crocodile, Bromates, Signs of Love, Stay the Night, and Battleground.
0: And also Amsterdam. And that's the, they're going to be the 3FN Movie Club that week. It, for some reason, it's not on IMDb's list, and I think it's because it was released smaller. Yeah, before. it's releasing tomorrow on a smaller scale. Yeah, but it, but it's, been, it's releasing wide for all of us to see it that week. So just so throwing it out there. But, uh, yeah, great times there. Now, Diesel, it is time for this week's Top 3. All right, we teased it last week. Your Top
1: 3 favorite, Where Are They Now stars? The people that you forgot about, but you're just like,
0: hey, whatever happened to that guy? I joked about this... Uh, Well, we were getting ready to come in to do the show on Patreon. I joked about how I thought about doing nothing but dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Just so Diesel would be like, what the fuck? Why? Why are you bringing up all these people? Instead, I went a different route. My first person that I'm going with in the third spot, Michael Pitt. You might remember him from the movie Bully, uh, Murder by Numbers, and Boardwalk Empire. But it doesn't. I don't. It doesn't look like he's been doing too much since then. So I'm not quite sure what's going on. But I always enjoyed him, and I thought that he was going to be like the next like big thing, if you will. And it just never happened yep. that way. I don't. I don't know why. Who knows? Nobody will ever know. Uh, my second on this list, Rory Calhoun. He did some really good work. He did some amazing movies. He was excellent in Scream Four, if you remember. Uh, and then it's like crickets. Yeah. Like, it, it just was like, it, it went away. I don't know what he's up to these days. Didn't look it up, but uh, I, I, I would be interested to see him in some more movies. I always dug him in movies. And last, but certainly not least, because it's a lot of fun saying it, what the fuck is Brad Dorf up to these days? <laughs> Being a curmudgeon. <laughs> there you go. Ron, what is your top three? Uh,
2: uh, Christy Carlson-Romino from uh, Even Stevens. Oh yeah, yeah, she, mm. yeah, is, yeah. She kind of just went by. She's she's got a couple things out there, you know, how she went through all her money and all that stuff, blah blah blah. blah. But that's it. You know, you got to go with uh, David Frustino from Married with Children. How do you say his last name? Oh, David Frustino, Yeah, yeah,
1: but, yeah.
0: You
2: know, he never did anything after Married with Children.
0: Yeah. What's up with Bud? What's yeah. going on with Bud? <laughs> he made <laughs> his
1: nut finally.
2: <laughs> and then uh, you got you got to go all the way back to Henry Thomas from
1: E.T. <laughs> like
0: well i mean he had a rough life <laughs>
1: <laughs> he came back for a little while he had suicide kings he pops up every now and then in like a s- secondary role and he's still talented as ever he should be in a lot more exactly, movies. exactly that's what i mean he was on that screech level for a little while yeah. too though unfortunately yep. for him diesel top three all right we are going i went with more of uh, the child actors as well I'm going with Mara Wilson as number three. Uh, Matilda. Yeah. Yes. She was great and then, like, she disappeared.
0: And I know she went off to do a lot of theater acting and stuff like that, but never again movies. You think about it. She was in a ton of movies by Mrs. Doubtfire, Matilda. Yep. Like, she was, like, the it child actor for a little while. Yep. Uh, number
1: two, we're going with
0: from one of my favorite shows growing
1: up, Salute Your Shorts. Michael Ray Bauer, a.k.a. Donkey Lips. Oh, yeah. oh
0: man, I miss Donkey Lips.
1: Yeah, uh, I happen to know what he's been up to lately because I'm friends with him on Facebook through this somehow. Huge Raiders fan does a Raiders podcast. Hey, I'm a big Raiders <laughs> fan, too, yeah. so
0: shout-outs to Donkey Lips. Yep.
1: And then number one, we just talked about him not too long ago. I thought he was a great newcomer, and we did Angus not too long
0: ago, but I'm going with Charlie Talbert. Yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting that he didn't do a ton of work yeah. after that because I yeah, thought he was very good in that movie. Yep. Very good. I don't understand why you didn't do more, but hey, shit happens, right? Well, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. And we're going to now take our break. And when we come back from the break, it will be time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. We are going to be reviewing the brand new movie, Don't Worry Darling. And don't you worry, we'll be doing that right after this break.
1: Movie club. Refreshments are available in the lobby, and please keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift
0: certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. Back here in the second half of the show with this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And the movie we will be reviewing this week just hit the movie theaters this past weekend and is the number one movie in the box office domestically here in the United States of America. And of course, that movie is Don't Worry Darling. And for the benefit of uh, those of you who might be joining us for the first time, uh, thank you for tuning in for the first time if you are. We're going to give you how the rundown of how the 3FM Movie Club goes because, listen, we don't do spoilers right up front, so you don't have to dive out right away. Uh, we will start off with a brief synopsis from IMDb for the, the movie. Then we will continue on to give like the cast and the actors, the directors, everybody their due before then finally jumping over and giving you our recommendation thumbs up thumbs in the middle or thumbs down with a spoiler free little blurb of why before playing the spoiler alert and then on the other side of it giving our spoiler full review before playing the game and then giving the nerd score and my critic score so if you have not seen the movie and you do not want it spoiled we will give you a plenty of alert where to stop so Are you nerds ready to jump in to this week's 3FN Movie Club review? Hesitantly, yes. (laughs) Hesitantly? Well, you better be more than ready because it's coming straight at you. Don't worry, darling. According to IMDb, the synopsis is a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. Dude, that is a great synopsis. That is a the best synopsis we've done so far i i will have to say imdb mwah, beautiful synopsis i wish i would have saw that movie <laughs> <laughs> well uh the movie uh was released originally september 5th of 2022 in venice uh, of course there was a, some controversy there because that was the spit gate if you remember yep. of course it was wor- it was released worldwide on september 23rd of 2022 with a runtime of 123 minutes The movie was directed by Olivia Wilde. To this point, Olivia Wilde has only directed one other full-length movie, and that was Booksmart. Yep. The screenplay was written by Katie Silberman. Uh, She wrote Booksmart, Isn't It Romantic, and Set It Up. Those are the three major motion pictures she has written. She's also done some television other. And the cinematography for this movie. This is the one that is from my lips to God's ears. Matthew Labatique does that name sound familiar to you gentlemen no it might not but i bet you when i start reading off his works it will he was a cinematographer for black swan okay okay requiem for a dream yep pie the stars born remake with uh lady gaga and then burt and then let's go the nerd movies because he's got a ton of them but let's go with nerd movies birds of prey venom and iron man one and two okay so uh, I threw the nerd movies in there just because, but he has awards because of Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream Pie, and A Star is Born.
1: Yeah, he's definitely a world-class cinematographer.
0: Let's dive into the actors. This movie stars Florence Pugh. Of course, you would know her from Midsommar. Black Widow, where she was Yelena Belova, where she also continued that on uh, in her role, her short role on Hawkeye. Sorry if that was a... that She was in The Father of the Bride, part 3 from 2020 as well if you guys remember that movie as well as Little Women and speaking of who just returned to AEW, Soraya and uh, she played Soraya Knight in Fighting with the Family uh, so the Rocks movie, that was uh, one of the first times I think we ever saw Florence Pugh so her inspiration for that movie just returned to the ring, perfect timing Uh, the co-star in this movie uh, playing uh, Jack would be Harry Styles I know it's one of Diesel's favorite actors. Uh, Harry Styles was in Dunkirk as Alex, so a bit part. And, of course, better and bigger part, Eternals as he was Euros. <laughs> remember remember the Eternals? You know you love the Eternals. <sighs> you love the Eternals so much that the director of this film, who was Olivia Wilde, but she was in Ghostbusters as Gozer, also, yeah. on top of being Gozer, she was the voice of Lois Lane in the DC Super League of Super Pets movies, and she's also known for Tron Legacy, uh, the Lazarus Effect, and Cowboys and Aliens, amongst mm. other things. High quality cinema. High quality. <laughs> Uh, the the role of Frank was played by Chris Pine, and unless you've been living under a rocky you do know Chris Pine is, uh, most notably he played Steve in the Wonder Woman movies. Also he was Captain Kirk in the Star Trek movies, amongst a ton of other stuff that we've seen Chris Pine in over the years. Boy does he look distinguished. And looks nothing like his IMDB picture, by the way. <laughs> Next up, we got Kiki Lang, and I thought she did a great job. She played Margaret in this movie. Uh, she she was in uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. I know Diesel mm-hmm. was a big fan of that movie. so uh, She was there and also Coming to America and a few other movies, but those were the biggest ones on her list. And Diesel's favorite actress in this movie, and you notice how I keep going back to Diesel because he, he's actually cringing this whole time, is <laughs> Gemma Chan, and she was in The Eternals. Of course, she played Cersei in the Eternals. Also, she was in Humans. She was in uh, Crazy Rich Asians, amongst a lot of other things. And I know you're a big Gemma Chan fag. Without spoiling
1: anything, replace Gemma Chan with Aquafina, and you'll have much better movies.
0: Uh, pretty much, except for Eternals. I don't think I don't think Eternals would have been better. I would have much <laughs> rather
1: seen Aquafina <laughs> as
2: Cersei. Yeah, just have Aquafina pl- replace her role as the What's her face from Shane Cheat yep. and, and just take Cersei out of it and just put Aquafina there. It would have been a 10 time better movie.
0: I don't know about 10 time better, but yeah, I don't know if there's any saving you channels. <laughs> Next up and lastly, playing Dean is our good friend Nick Kroll. Of course, you know him from Big Mouth, Sausage Party, uh, The, the League. League, and many, many other things. We love Nick Kroll. Although I did not love him in this movie. We'll talk about that (laughs) in the spoiler full section. But other than that, there's a bunch of other people that were in the movie. And uh, there's one other shout out I need to actually make because Diesel will get upset. and He's going to talk about him later. I guarantee it. Dr. Collins played by Timothy Simmons. Uh, Timothy Simmons was on Veep. He was in the Goosebumps movie. He was in Draft Day. So not a, a lot of work, a lot of voice work though. Yeah. He, he did uh, he did voices in the Rugrats movie and Inside Job and a whole other animated series. So he does a lot of voice stuff. But he was good in this movie, and I know Diesel's going to talk about him later. So I might as well bring him up now. Do you guys want to guess the budget of this film?
1: Way too much. Uh, eighty-eight million dollars.
0: Ron, uh, you could say eighty-eight. Yeah, probably probably a hundred million. I'm going to shock the shit out of both of you. Thirty-five million dollars. This was made on a budget. Okay. And in the box office worldwide so far, we know that in America it made 19 point whatever million. It has made $30 million worldwide. Okay. Including the U.S. So that's pretty good. They've almost made their money back. I don't know if that's going to retain because word of mouth is not helping them out this week. We are now to the time for the spoiler-free recommendation, uh, gentlemen. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. And why? Remember, it is spoiler-free. We'll start with Ron. What is your recommendation for Don't Worry Darling?
2: thumbs in the middle go in it with a blank slate you might enjoy it you probably won't but i like florence did a great job in this movie i think but that's it that's that's really the only saving grace
0: okay
1: diesel i think there was more saving grace there's great cinematography the uh soundtrack is amazing uh florence p was great some of the actors in there were really good some
0: were bad with all that being said thumbs down I am going to literally go right after what Diesel said. Thumbs down. Uh, This is a beautiful looking movie. The soundtrack is wonderful, but the the execution is flawed at best. Uh, With a spoiler free, I'm going to say what I said on the internet when we left uh, the thing, when I tweeted out and I also put it on uh, Instagram and Facebook. This movie is if you mix Scientology with the Stepford Wives and then you had M. Night Shyamalan direct it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about good M. Night Shyamalan. I'm talking about the village M. Night Shyamalan. Think about how I did that. Mm -hmm. Now that we've given you the spoiler free recommendations, this is the beginning of the warning because we are now going to go into the spoiler full review. If you have not seen Don't Worry Darling and you want to see it without it being spoiled, this is the time where you stop the podcast. When you get to see it, come back and listen to what we had to say to see if you agree or disagree. However, if you don't care about this movie being spoiled or you've already seen it, buckle in because the spoilers start right about (laughs) now. This is the spoiler zone, so if you're still here, you've been warned. And I'm going to do this a little different. I think I, we had a lot of fun when we did the uh, special one for Barbarian, and we just kind of riffed it. So instead of doing positive and negatives, let's just talk about this fucking movie. And I'm going to start it off by making a statement, and then I would love for you to build off of it. This movie, in a nutshell, to me, it opens up, and for the first 30 minutes of seeing this movie, you have to give it the obligatory like okay what are we going how are we doing what is going on so we open up right in the 1950s we open up at a party we start to see some character building we start to see the crazy character which is margaret and then it starts to get into where our our lead character alice played by florence Pugh, is now starting to become a little crazy after her visit to headquarters if you will there is no really concerned story plot that carries you out. And this continues for the first hour and a half. So, that half hour. So, for the next hour of the movie, there's a lot of dialogue. It looks beautiful. There's a lot of great soundtrack. But there's never really anything that gives you a fucking clue of what's going on at all. At all. Not even subliminally. At all.
1: And it's not like, you know, like the good psychological thriller or, or mystery where you're trying to pick together pieces. They need to give you something to go off of, and they fail miserably
0: at that. Absolutely. So then you get to the the, the last half hour of the movie, the third act. And then all of a sudden, at, at that last hour and a half, where, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it and break it down a little more. We don't go f- scene by scene. But once you get to Florence Pugh being taken, Alice being taken away, you kick into the third act. And it's the last 30 minutes of the movie. So the la- out of the last 30 movies, there's about 20 minutes of this movie where you go, holy shit, this is the concept that is really good. And I would have loved to see a movie about this concept. <laughs> However, I've spent an hour and a half not seeing a movie about this concept. And then you get to the last ten minutes in the conclusion, and they fucking flush that down the toilet too because the movie fucking ends shittily. And we'll go over that in a second and give everything in there. I just wanted to paint you how this movie is set up. And and that is pretty much how I do Does anybody agree or disagree with that being pretty much the setup of this film? That's very accurate description for the setup of this film yes <laughs> okay so now let's jump into like i said we, let's get to a like because like i said we are not going to give likes and we'll give likes and dislikes as we go but there is the like of this movie the one thing that's the saving grace of this film is that like the cinematography in this film is amazing and when you find out who the cinematographer is yeah makes perfectly fucking good sense right however the substance isn't there in the story and that's what really is what's missing this looks beautiful i love the period piece music i love the concept that this is kind of like a cult like for the most of the movie you feel like they're just in a cult now before the movie started my wife in the car when we went to dinner me and my wife and diesel went to dinner and my wife said oh i wanted to go because where i got the scientology meets the stuff for wives that's what she said from seeing the the trailers is what she thought the movie was and then me and Diesel at the theater both looked at each other when it first started. When it oh. Opening scene. Opening fucking scene, mind you, is 1950s at a party. And we both looked at each other and went, this is fucking present day. They're going to give us the village. Yep. They're going to give us the fucking village. I mark my words, it's going to be the village. I was even willing to put two grand up against anybody who wanted to bet against that shit. They would have lost two grand. Uh-huh. Here's the, how the problem in executing for me, is that... Throughout, when she's going crazy, she has these dream sequences. I'm using quotations because I think that's what they are. Kind of is like they're they're. I mean, she's awake, but they're like visions. It's fucking yeah, weird. Yeah. But the visions are of like synchronized syn- leg, leg dancing. dancing and stuff. And they keep showing that stuff and different kind of. Mind you, these are grown women in a ballet class, even which is weird. Even though it's supposed to be the 1950s, I don't know how much I believe that shit. And as they're going through the movie, like you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this a thing? And occasionally, occasionally, handful of times when she's having these dreams, there's a scene where you just see the top part of Jack's head, which is played by Harry Styles. And you see the bottom of the chin, so you can tell it's Alice. And you see her hand, and she's wiping his head and saying, he's saying about, sorry, he lost his job. And she's like, you'll find another job. And that is, like, that is the only thing that we see. But we don't see enough to show you whether it's in the 1950s, present day, whatever. But that is the only weird out-of-place thing, and they only do it a handful of times. Yeah, so you're
1: assuming this is, like, earlier on in the relationship before he gets this job at Victory and they move into this idyllic community.
0: Right. So when you get to the big reveal, let's just jump into it. At an hour and a half in, uh, Alice has this, like, back and forth with Frank. And, you know, he outduels her. Because she doesn't go for the juggler, what she should. And he makes her look crazy. And then they're going to try to get away. But Jack turns her in. And the, I don't know what to call them, the guys in orange suits or red suits? The come, squid Game guys. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. They, they, pretty much. They come and grab her and pull her out of the car. And then they take her, and from your vantage point, they take her to some place inside of the victory compound where she's getting electroshock therapy. The old brain wipe, and, and mind you, old school electric shock yeah. too. Like not like the newer versions. And while she's getting electric shocks, she starts seeing things, and then we get a bigger like. There's like these little brief things, and we're like, wait a minute, that's that's modern. Yeah, that's that's a modern apartment. And then we go instantly into boom, a scene that she remembers. And It is taking place in modern day and it is of him losing his job what we've seen and her saying oh that's okay i'll just pick up extra shifts at the hospital yeah and then boom they hit her again and it fucking flips to where she's at the hospital like she has like this white out blackout there's all these things and then there's like this thing where she's at the hospital and you can see that she's a doctor yep and she's in an operating room and you can see her getting ready to leave the operating room and then it flashes to her going home She opened okay, oh, well
1: during that scene too. You also see like a modern-day cell phone So that's how you know you're in an absolute modern day.
0: Oh, well, absolutely yeah, yeah. But I mean it was also a modern <laughs> or like yeah. it's like completely, you know Even well when we when she's when they talk about him losing his job, you see the tv in the in the computer yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, it's modern fucking day So she leaves and goes back to the apartment. She opens the door and and the the adult who is Jack, who looks like shit, by the way, when they originally cast casted Shia LaBeouf, we all agreed he would have been better at this role. Yes. <laughs> because holy shit, I'll give Harry Styles this. He looked terrible.
1: Yeah, they, they greased up his hair, had him longer hair, acneed up a little bit. He just looked
0: bad. He looked terrible. And he was on a computer listening to something, and you could hear the voice. It's the voice of Frank. Yep. Yes. And he's like, and it's just random. Like when you can hear it, like you're not really paying attention to that too much. But it's saying stuff about the ideal like life and how men should take back over. And it's really this cult shit, right? So yeah. you're like, okay, it is a cult. And so he gets out of the chair and he walks towards Alice. And he's like, oh, I haven't an ate. And she's like, why not? You've been home. And he's like, well, I didn't know what you wanted to eat. And she's like, he's like, I messaged you. He was, she was like, I, I was sewing up 12 people today. There was no time. And you know, I can't use my phone. Like you should just you're you're a big boy. You should bake no. your own food Yeah, and she goes to wash her hands in the sink and the hot water's not working and She's like the hot water hasn't worked in days. I told you to call the people. Oh, I forgot She was like so I guess the showers out for me tonight So I'm gonna go to bed and he tries to make the moves on her to like, you know have sexy times if you will <laughs> And she's like, no, I just got done working a 30-hour shift, and I have to go back to work in six hours. I'm going to bed. So she goes into her bedroom and locks the fucking door. And he goes, he uh, he's sullen and goes back to the computer, puts the headphones back on and starts listening. And then we get another zap, yep. and that's the last thing we see there. Before coming back to victory where we see her getting out of the car we are her pov he gets out and lets her out and then the oh my god you're back from the hospital i feel so much better da 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 -da. then comes a reveal that i thought was cool during the movie she's humming a song but it's not a but you can't tell like like this is the weird part about the song they didn't the 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 words and the humming don't match like a modern song yeah so it's confusing i wish they would have picked something more contemporary not that the song is bad, but I wish it would have been more contemptuous. Should have been wop, <laughs> or, you know, or something like that. You could tell wasn't from the 1950s because that song still kind of the yeah. humming still sounded. So she's been singing it in her head, and she doesn't know where it's come from. And she's in the house, and she starts to cook, and he's going through the records, and all of a sudden he starts singing this song. And while he's singing the song, she has a fucking flood of memories. Yep. Because the song is from a modern time. And it's a song that was obviously their song because they're married in the real world. And she starts seeing a flashback and the flashback is fucked up because it's like her legs with blood on them and being dragged. And then it's like her in the bed, uh, like, and then they go from that scene to like him arguing with her about something. And then from there, she confronts him. Like, she falls, he goes out, and she's like, don't touch me, what have you done? And he goes, well, I've, I've given you the perfect life. And then it goes to his view. And he shows what's been going on in the real world. So in the real world, she is literally tethered to a fucking bed with these, like, eye things over her eyes. And she's basically in the fucking matrix. Yeah.
1: yeah. They, they, all they,
0: intents and purposes. And he's, I, she has an IV drip. And then he also wets her lips so they don't get chapped and he has to go out every day for eight hours to work to pay for them to be in victory and also to take care because it's on him to take care of his wife while she's locked down During this, the creepiest thing is we also get like the application project or the application process where they like he gets to pick who he wants to be. He wants to be English, that's why he's English. And he doesn't have an English accent when he's in the real world, but he's English in this, which makes it probably easier because I don't know if he can do a non English accent. I I don't know his acting style. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't don't even think he knows his acting style. I'm just throwing it out there. And then like he gets to pick like what he wants to be and everything like that. The one question that fucking pe- like creeped me out and made my skin crawl is when it gets to the, like spouse and it says Alice whatever, and then it goes, "Did they did they have relations in the real world?" Yes, wife. But you could answer no there, mm-hmm.
1: which is why I think the uh, the the new couple to victory was
0: yes yes yes. So th- there Absolutely. are some
1: really creepy but cool app. Ep- implications to this movie but they do not explore in the slightest
0: right and this happens within the first 20 minutes of the third act and then it goes to shit from there again because then she kills her husband which means he's dead in the real world we find out shit, which we'll get to in a second and then it's like the dumbest chase of all time like the worst think about the worst horror movie you've ever watched where you're like just fucking run bitch yeah it's that level and then the horrible ending which we'll get to later but That is why I'm saying that there's this interesting concept for about 20 minutes of the movie where you're like, well, when she's having these flashbacks, why didn't she see the real world? Right. Like, why weren't we clued Mm -hmm. off at all? I mean, you want to,
1: you know, add to this, Diesel? Yeah, it was weird because the flashbacks are these weird, you know, the synchronized leg dancing, which I think that's what was playing above the bed in the real world. Yeah. But still didn't make any sense either. Like,
2: all all the black and white stuff is what she was staring at. Yeah. That that was was what was supposed to hypnotize her to go into the matrix i don't know why i don't like they don't show you agreed and they don't explain it which is stupid and then the t like the tv in victory was
0: playing the same thing over and over and over again and also frank's voice is in everybody's house in every loudspeaker basically brainwashing the women because as we know the men are all in on it yeah it's the women who don't know that they're in the fucking matrix and in some cases have been kidnapped yeah
1: (laughs) Uh, one of the things i read on this was and i think it was a perfect term for this this is a sci-fi adjacent movie true they have a great sci-fi premise but they don't go down that route and if they went down that route i think all three of us would have loved this oh
0: agreed there's a great concept there ron you want to add to that yeah i mean
2: it's it is a great concept i I got a lot of alice in wonderland vibes yeah it was was, was, so it was like that so that's where that's where i was going especially her name being alice i don't know if that was an idea or what because nobody else is. Really I said hope it, it was. I, I you know Alice going down through the looking grass. You know I, that's what that's the vibe I was getting. That's why I was like, okay, I get it. I understand
0: what they're trying to do, but they didn't. They didn't succeed. They didn't succeed they in didn't this succeed. in any way. So like getting into some more of the like the bad stuff. Like he, her best friend is Bunny, who's played by the director no. Olivia Wilde, which is fucking crazy in its own. And Bunny, when you meet her, drinks all the fucking time. She has a husband. She has two kids. Mind you, when you find out the reveal, the two kids aren't real yep. because it's all computer simulated. So anyways, she has like, and she doesn't pay any attention to the kids. There's even a line in the movie where Alice says that they're at the pool and Alice says, your kids like me more than they like you. And she's like, yep, that's true. And then she's basically a fucking drunk, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and she also rats out Alice. Hence, how Alice gets in trouble. She rats her out. Next thing you know, we get to this big crescendo. She stabs Jack, and we find out from Bunny, who comes in the house, that oh, when the men die in here, they die in real life too, which yeah. is fucking weird. But okay, like the women don't—they don't say the women do, but the men do, yeah. which is that's fucking weird. But okay, let's just just go with it. And then she goes, "You need to go because they're going to go and find your body in the real world, and they're going to kill you." That's so they, she tells her. Is that not the line of dialogue? Oh yeah, 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 she tells her, and then Alice gets the realization that. You know about this. Right. And so she's like... And this is one of the pauses that I'm... By the way, this is a pause that I would be okay with except for the answer. Because the pause here is like, wait a minute. You fucking knew this whole time and you treated me like I was crazy? I was supposed to be your fucking best friend here. What the fuck? Like, And I I can go with that because as a person who gets angry... I wouldn't have ran right away either. I would have been like, what the fuck? Yeah, You know, it's like if Diesel found out for real this was the Diesel show. And he would <laughs> yeah. be like, why didn't you fucking tell me? You lied to me, you fat fuck. I would understand that. <laughs> so instead she goes, well, why don't you come too then? She forgives her real quick, yeah. which is fucking weird. She's like, no, nope, no, nope, I want to stay here. I, I'm here by choice. And she's like, what? And she's like, yeah, I'm here by choice because in the real, you know, know, my kids. And she goes, your kids aren't real. They're computer-generated. She's like, I know. But in the real world, I lost my children. And that's why I'm here. I choose to be here because I have my children here. And I go, bitch, you've spent all movie that we've seen you not paying attention to your fucking children. But all of a sudden, they're your reason to be a slave in the fucking Matrix? What the fuck? Like, is that the dumbest plot twist of all time?
1: Yeah, it was absurd. Then you're just like... Well, then, is the husband trapped in? No, the husband's in here, too. So, you guys are just willingly just being like, eh, plug me in, Jack. Like, it made no sense. So, so
0: Dean, who's played by Nick Crawl, is her husband. So, that means that if she's in there willingly. That means they probably came together. And that means that man is sacrificing more than anybody because he might not even want to fucking be there. Yeah, he just wants to fucking get his dick wet. <laughs> Pretty much. We'll talk about the horny movie in a second. <laughs> but, like, why is that a fucking thing? Like, like, if you were going to say that your reason, like, I could understand if throughout the movie, the hour and 40 minutes before this reveal, or however much it was, if we saw Bunny as the doting mother who cares for her children. Yeah. It would make sense. It would make sense. But no, she's always got a drink in her hand. The only time she admonishes the kids is when they get out of fucking line, or actually, they don't even get out of line. They're just making noise and bothering her. Yeah from drinking and having a good time for herself. Right. So, obviously, you don't give a shit about your kid's lady. But if that's your reason for staying, I think you should, you're doing a piss poor job. Is all I'm saying. All I'm saying. True. Now, let's go back and discuss how I said this was a horny movie. We spend a good portion of this film, especially early on, seeing a lot of oral play. And not oral from the woman to the male. Oral from male to woman, which I guess is good woman empowering. But here's the problem. If I was the guy who, in this case, banged my wife over the head, hooked her to a bed, she gets to enjoy this, you know, fantastic world, even though she doesn't know where what's going on, this fantastic world 24-7, and I have to leave every day to work a mundane job just to pay for it and to take care of her, and I can only plug in for so long. And the whole reason is fantasy why in the fuck is my fantasy to eat my wife out? And I'm sorry, I love my wife. But listen, if I'm doing all that work, listen, it's sucking time. Yeah. There's only one thing on the menu, and I know that's going to be harsh for some ladies, but it's it, it it's definitely penis.
1: So one of the reviews I read was talking about, you know, the voracious sex scenes of this movie. Al spends her day cleaning, making dinner, and then, you know, they just push it off the table and a voracious sexual act happens. Motherfucker goes down on her and that's it she got
0: the O face though at least
1: <laughs> pretty hot and then later on when they're fooling around at um frank's house
0: yeah he gets the quickie in oh he does is
1: finger blast the bitch
0: mm-hmm. and he got some peen in there
1: no 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 he just fingers oh really? it's all fingers and that's when um uh alice makes eye contact with frank which all right i get we're going out of the sex scenes for a second. Frank runs this operation, which is apparently fine with kidnapped women being held hostage in the Matrix. Everyone has to, like, pay homage to Frank, which is weird. And then Frank is just watch. <laughs> uh, Frank's the talk talk man. We talked about <laughs> oh. this in the
0: theater. We talked about that in the theater.
1: It's so weird. Like, all the sex scenes, though, are very munching box and jamming his hand up there. And it's just like, if I'm doing, like you said, if I'm doing all this work to make this place happen i i'm not eating you out on the kitchen table it's just not happening (laughs) give me my food (laughs) give me my food and then suck my dick
0: i I hate to sound like a chauvinist because listen i believe in equal opportunity i'm a lover but if i'm if if that's going down like how they win in this movie oh man i'm getting my dick wet yeah i'm just throwing it out there sorry (laughs) if that's too too uh whatever for you ladies out there but come on let's let's be honest it's fucking crazy uh Gemma Chan plays Shelly. Shelly is the hu- the wife of Frank. This is this needs to be said. She is the driest character in the history of cinema and you could easily do this movie without her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she is like the director of like so as you said you have to worship Frank, the women have to worship Shelly. It's a weird thing. And then on top of that she is the person who's in charge of the ballet school. And she is the person who is in charge of like bringing people together. And also With the exception of the one monologue that she does to defend her husband, which I thought was actually the only time in the movie I was like, oh, she actually acted there. Yeah. Her whole reason for being in this movie is so at the end of this movie, when they're trying to chase down Alice so she can't get to headquarters and get back to the real world, which is still a weird fucking thing, is to then stab Frank. And she says something to a kin, now it's my turn yeah now it's my time so i'm like does she know about all of this is she in on all of this or is she just has she just figured it out like i'm assuming everybody else had and this was her opportunity but guess what in a good movie we would know the answer to that question not this movie forced women are good (laughs) Well, it's not even forced women are good here because she never says, Oh, I'm gonna make this idyllic for the women. I, you know, woman power. No, we don't know her fucking motives. For all we know, she is just as much into this as Frank. They in the real world are orchestrating all of this. So, therefore, she's just like, Oh, you dropped the ball. You're going to bring our empire down. So, I'm gonna kill you. So, when they find your dead body, they'll leave it alone and I can continue on to make money or whatever the fuck the real goal
1: is. So, the one small motivation was in the initial uh, ballet school scene when she comes up and corrects alice there's this little linger so i think there might have been like an undelved into lesbian story going in there where she was into alice
0: but once but they again, never delved into it once again if that's the case and i i can i see what you're talking about i do remember that scene why aren't we delving into it so it's more clear so that's why when what happens and when she stabs frank and she says it's my time We don't know what that means. Because once again, you're right. It could be women power, rah, rah, which, okay, I'm fine with. But then we don't have the motivations for her to say, I'm going to make life better for the women. Uh, Then on top of that, it could also be, like I said, they might be partners in the crime. She might be going in and out of this world, too, just like Frank. And they might be making the money. They're the cult leaders, if you will. And she might just be saving her own ass by killing him.
1: Yeah. So I don't think that, hey, we're going to make this better for the women. If she knew, if she had that realization where she was, I think it was the latter of the two where she was partners with this, and this was their money-making thing. Because it's not going to be my time. And I'm not going to make this world better for the women. I'm going to free the women.
0: Right. So it's not. But here's the thing. It's not. It's, it's, so I think that you're, that's why I'm saying this is not women power rah rah. Yeah. This is this bitch is enslaving motherfuckers. Yeah. She's okay with the fact that probably at, at least one we get we get the feeling at least one of them is there against their will. Yeah. Because that new couple was deaf. I, I feel like she was there against her will. Yeah. And so, and once again, on that paperwork application, it didn't say you had to no. know the person. Possibly the one that killed herself, too. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Margaret as well. Yeah. Uh, Although that, I, which would make sense because they took her kid away. Yeah. And that's probably when she figured out that the kid's not real. Yeah. None of this is fucking real. Because yeah. she made it to the base, too. So... Let's talk about going to the base because I mean these are the most exciting parts You notice we're not delving too far except for going back to support it into that first hour and a half That's how useless the first hour and a half is and once again I sat there for the first 30 minutes going, okay I get billed, but then it just never came and it never came and it never came and by like the hour mark I'm like, okay This is a worthless fucking watch by the hour and a half mark. I was like, oh fuck and then shit happened I'm like, okay, but it wasn't it's too little too late and then they still fucked it You know what else never came? Many of the guys in that town. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. That's not true because uh, Bunny's got a couple kids. The one chick there, she's knocked up all the time. So, I mean, I'm saying, that you know, obviously, even though if the women don't know they're there, they know where kids come from. Yeah. It's not like it's a... So, those guys were smart. They were getting their dick wet. <laughs> not so much for uh, good old Jack.
1: Oh, <laughs> Jack was horrible.
0: Then again, Jack had a little keen like to Frank, so maybe there was a little...
1: You know. Can we go back to the one thing too? So, when there was that weird thing with p- getting promoted at victory right. getting promoted and there's a scene where you know they're having this big work dinner party thing and al's like we gotta go we gotta go and jack winds up getting promoted gets his ring and then there's this awkward like
0: three minute dancing like a fucking monkey for yeah. no reason we're just like and then oh. right after that here's the here's the lane this is where you get really nervous there's some, in, and especially when you go to the end, there's some incel shit here, because who runs the world? We do! Yeah. It's this incel man bullshit, yeah. and you're just like, motherfucker. Yeah, It's <laughs> like their, their, their uh, Dita Von Tees is their entertainment. She's doing burlesque in a fucking mm-hmm. champagne glass. Nothing for the women, always for the men. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it does work in the 1950s setting, probably why they said it in the 1950s. Once again, it looks amazing. Yep. <laughs> it looks amazing. But like when you get to the end... And she's running away, finally. But Mind you, she stops a million times. Everybody on the street knows that she killed Jack by the time it's all over. the For whatever reason, the light posts are blowing up. They, yeah. they never yeah. they never make a whatever about that. Then she hops in the car, and she finally starts to drive away after standing there for what seemed like forever when she should yeah. be running for her life because we were told by Bunny, and this is gonna, where it's going to come back, that... They're going to kill you in the real world. They're not, you're in your home because your husband has to take care of you. We found that out. So that means they're on their way in the real world to kill you so you're not a liability to them. So you're really going to fucking die if you don't get out of here and save yourself. So that would mean hurry the fuck up, right? Nope. Anyways, finally she's driving off, and it seems like every one of the uh, Squid Game guys hops into a car and follows her through the desert. One of the best things is the
1: GTA vibe, because they are just like, I need this, pulling people out of the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty and funny. And they
0: were just jumping in whatever car and had the keys to them, when the ones that were empty. Yeah. Like, like these motherfuckers just have control of everything, which it makes sense on some level and they're driving through the desert and we of course we get that fantastic uh, car crash that takes out your favorite doctor the, dr Collins' car crash he's like
1: the guy who set up victory so you know he's the one that helped set up this program with frank throughout the movie he, has, he was great he was creepy in all the right ways and he was awesome there's this weird car chase scene he's coming from headquarters the two cars that are chasing her that are left they're coming up and she's just like let me slam on the brakes three cars explode
0: it made no sense it was like you could just done without the way i was waiting for to slam on the brakes for like five minutes before (laughs) it happened because that was the smart thing to do
2: yeah you know in an open desert where there is no lanes or anything in your way where people could swerve out of the way with ease
1: so she makes it up to the hill that's going to take you up to headquarters and she you know she's a woman so she can't drive even in the matrix (laughs) perfectly wrecks the car so it's blocking the entire road. so all The she's greatest dumb luck of all time, by the way. Yep. So she just has to hop up and run the last, you know, 100 yards. And so she starts running up, and the cars come up to where they can't cross. And these Squid Game guys, they just start monkeying up the mountain. By Pretty the way, fast. the only reason we know they're
0: climbing up the hill is because she stops for some reason and looks over the edge. <sighs> Listen, for no reason. For no reason. Her,
1: Well, you know, the Matrix Spidey sense went off. <laughs> Makes it to the front door, and you have this cool scene of, like, the— in rows four behind four people coming up and yet all of a sudden there's this tender moment with jack
0: who's who's dead who's
1: dead and just like gives her a hug from behind one last time before she goes to touch headquarters well
0: no she he asked her to stay with him still, (laughs) like there which once again he's fucking dead but whatever it made no sense
1: (laughs) and then if you touch the headquarters that's when you get to
0: come out apparently apparently (laughs) they never explained that we just had to figure this out on our own yeah and so, how does this movie end, you'd ask? Well, she touches headquarters right before they grab her. So, she's going to get out. And what we see is we see the the, the the victory world, the memories kind of fade. And then we see a picture of her dancing in her living room. Uh, start to reappear as these other memories fade. And is, all this stuff happens. And then the screen goes to black and we hear... <gasps> and that's when the movie fucking ends. So, we don't... We never get it... Like, once again, they're on their way to kill her, is what we were told... We don't get any clarification whether they got there to kill her, whether she's going to get out okay, whether, she, like, mind you, she's tethered to the fucking bed. Which, Ron did point
1: this out, that he did undo one of her ties. I don't know if he did it unfully, but she's going to wake up with these weird fucking lawnmower man glasses on her fucking eyes, tethered to a bed with her dead incel husband just dead on the bed next to her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And mind you, there's people on their way, allegedly, to kill her, and she's taking her sweet-ass time. Yep. <laughs> but we don't get the payoff to that because, nah, why, why would we? Why, why would we find out anything from this movie that we didn't have to try to either gather for ourselves or never was explained, and we're just making up at this point in juncture? You know why? Because, hey, obviously, we were supposed to direct this film, too. So, side note, with it making you know, almost all of its money back on the
1: first week, there is a chance for a sequel. <laughs> now, this movie was The Matrix ghost-lighting the, uh, ghost the movie. So now she's going to come out, she's going to make it and she's going to try to sue Gemma Chan's character there surely, but no one's going to believe her because this is absurd and no one this never happened. <laughs> so it's going to be gaslight the movie real world.
0: Oh Jesus. I don't even think that's going to happen. <laughs> Especially with all the problems they had allegedly. Well, I- Allegedly. Well, it's coming out now that there was cast. There was, there, there, there was an article from People Magazine where there's like 50 ca- fifty crew members, not cast, but 50 crew members who were like, there was never a problem on set.
1: Yeah, yeah because it recently came out that Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh had a screaming match on set, and everyone's like, no, that never happened. All this fucking fake drama has been manufactured to promote this movie because oh boy the story does not promote it at all <laughs> well when i saw that
0: article i sent you i sent you a link from uh we'll give him a shout out halloween thomas at handsome underscore pal on twitter and they they quote tweeted the uh discussing film where uh film reported the source from people which i did read the people article and they had reported it as 40 members of the don't worry darling crew and production team have signed a letter claiming that in quotation marks, any allegations about unprofessional behavior on the set are completely false? Un, uh, you know, question mark. He had the greatest tweet about this ever. This reminds me of a movie I saw recently where Florence Pugh thinks something weird is going on, but the 40 other people who live in her town say, you are crazy, this place is regular. <laughs> hmm this movie. So basically they've created this alternative universe where they're trying to you know talk up this movie, the talk up the movie by using the movie. And of course there was Chris Pine getting spit on by Harry Styles mm-hmm. allegedly uh, at the uh, Venice Premiere and all sorts of fucking crazy shit. Well, we're not diving because I'm with you. I, I really mm-hmm. believe it's a fucking work. But going back to the movie, is there anything that I left off that either you, you liked or pissed you off?
1: So, again, the only things I liked were the cinematography, the score, and I didn't mind Florence Pugh's acting. I thought she was great. Pretty much everybody else was horrible. Through the first act of the movie, I'm like, is Jack supposed to be British? Because it was going in and out. You couldn't tell. Which we find out no,
0: technically. But, yes, he's in real life British, Mm -hmm. and I don't think he knows how to do both accents. Um, So I think that was more on actor than it was on script or director. Right although banging the director got her to leave that probably in yeah (laughs) i'm sure that our our wonderful uh, cinematographer was yanking his fucking hair out (laughs) it had a great
1: great twist premise that they didn't explore properly there is a good movie inside the story they did not give us that good story (sighs) it it's not good Ron, anything left to
2: add? No, you're right when you say it's not good. Like the the problem, like you have the whole death of uh, Frank there, like it makes no sense. Yeah, because it doesn't give you enough. Like you should you should like in you should just let it go. Like you don't need to kill him there. Makes doesn't matter. You can do if you if this did make all the money in the world and you made a part two, that's where you explore that side, which wouldn't have been good either. But that's besides the point. Like there's just too many. Uh, like in, it's one of those things where it's like. Oh, if you watch the TV, it was playing the same cartoon over again. The cartoon showed this or something like that's what's going to end up coming out and saying, oh, you needed to watch this. You need to look this. You need to look over here. And it's like, fine, I get it. You you put those things in movies, whatever. But when you have to sit there and explain it,
0: it didn't work. That is my point. And I know to great extent that you guys get angry about this with Zack Snyder and Batman versus Superman. <laughs> <just> <laughs> when that. he had to come out and keep telling us what we had to visually yeah. see in his piece of art. That is when you failed as, because think about it, you're, as the director, this is a movie, this is a visual art form. If I can't see in your visual art form between the spoken word and what's on the fucking screen and what you portray to me, what the basic plot line of a movie is, you have failed. And I'm not saying that you can't have layers to it, because we all love movies with layers. Let's be honest. However, there was no answer. Like once again, I will take you always back. The biggest, and you said it yourself, the biggest thing is Frank dies. We don't understand the motive to that at all. Yeah. There is no motive to that at all. And we don't know, maybe it's because she's she was tired of her Stockholm syndrome and wanted out too. But then again, she had access to out. So once again, it's more likely she's the business partner trying to save her own ass and she's enslaving people. Yeah. So here's my problem. You could do a sequel, but in the sequel, is the cliffhanger enough that we gotta find out if, if Florence Pugh lives? Or do you do the prequel to find out how we got here? Yeah. And in yeah. even so, do I really give a fuck? And yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now. No. no, I'm not gonna watch a sequel to this movie because they failed on the first one. The sequel, start worrying, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I will. I will watch that if you write and direct it. I, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. Only, I'm, only under those circumstances. I'm coming for you. Yeah, I'm coming. Oh, (laughs) spelled (laughs) 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 C-U-M-I-N-G. And then somebody's going to be like, oh, is it French Cooming? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) This movie was super horny for a little while. Let's be honest. All right. It's come to the fun part. Well, for me, for the listeners, it's fun. But for these two gentlemen in the hot seat, because it's time. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. Ron is on a winning streak again. It is driving Diesel insane. Can Diesel finally take back the driver's seat? We will find out because it is time to play the game. It's simple. We're going to take internet scores from around the internet. haha. <laughs> and we're, these gentlemen are going to guess. And it's going to be Price is Right rules. Closest to the number without going over. Gets the point. Unless... Unless we need a tiebreaker. And in that case, the final question, well, sometimes that question's also worth two points, let's be honest. We like to make it interesting around here. And I make up the rules so I can change them at any given fucking time. But the uh, tiebreaker, if there is necessary, is closest to the number, period, because we don't do ties. Gentlemen, are you ready? Let's do this. Diesel, you're the challenger. You get to go first. IMDB out of 10 using points. What did they give? Don't worry, darling. 5.6. 5.6. Five point six, Ronald. Six, six, and Ron gets the point. It was six point three out of ten. Okay, We're in the ballpark. Metacritic. So this is critics only. Ron, you get to go because it's your turn. Out of hundred percent, what did they give? Don't worry, darling. Seventy two. Diesel. If there is a god,
1: forty two
0: percent. Forty two percent for Diesel. Seventy two percent for Ron and. Diesel gets the point, 47%. Oh, nice.
2: nice. I thought it was one of those ones where was going to be, like, critically No, nice. I don't think critics are liking this at all. I didn't pay any.
0: T- all right, Diesel. That's going to bring us to Rotten Tomatoes. This is the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give, don't worry, darling? <sighs> Yay, women, kickbacks. Critic score,
1: though. I know, I know. I'm, I'm going through you got to be in the left mindset. They're probably getting paid off, even with that 5.9.
0: So 59% because it's out of oh, yeah, yeah, 59%. Ron. Oh, God. Do I push it? 65. 65%. And what would you say, Diesel? 59 59%. And huh? you both busted 38% oh, on Rotten you. Tomatoes. When we went to see this movie, it was at 32% on Rotten Tomatoes, just so you know. I didn't know. Now we're going to go... I found out that the Fandango score is actually just the Rotten Tomatoes fan score. So we're going to go with the Rotten Tomatoes fan score. Uh, Ron, you get to go first out of 100%. Mind you, it is tied 1-1 to currently. Best of three points. What did they give, don't worry, darling? Fan score. Oh, fuck. Uh, 52. Diesel. 53. <laughs> and... Diesel gets the point, 79%. Oh, Jesus Christ. Last but certainly not least, and this will be worth two points because we like to make it interesting. Google users. Diesel, you get to go first. <laughs> Out of 100%, what did Google users give? Don't worry, darling.
1: Oh, this is going to make me really upset. 86.
0: Diesel says 86. Ron. 85. Come Ron says the under. 85. <laughs> the under and, of course, we have to have a winner. It's probably Diesel. And your winner, Ron. Oh. He got it, 85%. <laughs> 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 you don't get closer than hitting it right on the head. So Ron is your still champion. Diesel, you would have been close if he would have taken any other number. Well, 84% would have been a tie, which we would have had to figure it out at that point, Juncture. But if he would have said 83, you win. If he said 87, you won. So unfortunately, he picked the right number. Well, now we are done with the game. So it's now time for our scores. And we are gonna start off, of course, with the nerd score before I give my critic score to end it out. The nerd scale is simple. It is a three-part kind of scale. So on one hand, we take our critical score of the film, and then we mix it with the entertainment of the film. So if a movie's super entertaining, even if it wasn't critically good, it can get higher on the nerd scale. And last but certainly not least, it's a recommendation. So, with that being said, the Nerd Scale is as follows. A one is a no. That means it's a terrible film that you should never watch. It is just garbage. A two is you've been warned. This means it's not quite terrible, but it's also not good. It's below average, and you've been warned you should probably never see the movie. A three is ah, eh, it's good. That means it's an average to good movie. If you want to go see the movie, that's fine, but you shouldn't probably spend money on it Just wait until it's on a streamer. You can see it put it on you won't regret watching it But it's not gonna blow your socks off either a four is just take my money That means it's a good to great film You can feel comfortable spending money to go to the theater to see it buying it on Amazon if it's an older movie It's one of those films that we would call essential you would probably you probably need to see this film at least once in your lifetime and then there's the rarefied air which I don't think we're getting anywhere near this time certified nerd in the five spot that means it's the classics these are the fantastic movies if you will this is movies like jaws halloween jurassic park of course this past year we've had uh, the batman spider-man no way home and clerks three as unanimous certified nerd movies it's now time to give the scores gentlemen starting with ron what is your nerd score and why for don't worry darling
2: yeah, this is definitely a two. Like we don't do halves. I like, know oh, the cinematography, Florence Pugh's acting, like the like Diesel has said, the soundtrack, like those are enough to get you to watch it. But it's not good. Like it's it's one of those. Like it's not a one because of all those stuff, all the, that stuff. Because that's what makes the movie. But the story is what kills the movie.
1: Agreed diesel for all the same reasons i'm at the exact same score it, we're at a two i was the one who was probably enjoying it the most until the twist and even at that point at max it was going to cap out at a three but no it with the the bad ending and how poorly the story was portrayed we're at a two
0: let's make it a trifecta i'm also at a two it's not bad enough to be terrible The cinematography of this film is amazing. The costuming in this film, also amazing. Mm -hmm. Got to give a shout out there. It looked like the 1950s. I really enjoyed that portion of it. The soundtrack was great. Also, straight out of the 1950s. Super cool. Uh, Once again, it was uh, Florence Pugh. I agree with everybody. She she stole the movie. She's very good in this movie. Unfortunately, nobody else was, in my opinion. Then you get to the fact that this movie should have been great there's a great concept there there's like you said i don't remember who you said said it i don't think you did what you read it somewhere about how this would make a great sci-fi film and it would and they could have steered into that concept because there was a really cool story and concept there and they just flushed it down the fucking toilet so yeah that's why it gets a two so with a two i'm gonna give it i didn't know what to give it on the scale Because I do want to give it points for the cinematography. I do want to give it points for Florence Pugh. I do want to give it points for uh, the, the costuming and the soundtrack. And the things that were really positive in this movie. And I think those people deserve all the credit in the world. But once again, a critic score is also built on the movie and what I watched. So with all of those things, that got it a three and a half a so three and a half out of ten. It's not a terrible film, but the only things that are saving this movie and literally, it like if this won an award for cinematography, I'd get behind it. Oh, hands down, I'd get behind it. If this got a award for the score and soundtrack, I'd get behind it. That's it. Like I, even though I thought Florence Pugh was amazing in this movie, I don't think she could get an Oscar for it because no. The, there's no sustenance to the story. But for the other two things, I could see them winning because it would be great. Because that was all that was in this movie. It, it was Visually, it looked amazing. It sounded great. And we had one good actor out there. I mean, there's other good actors on the cast. But then again, can I blame the actors or the script? Yeah. It's, I think it's a little bit... Some of them I can blame the actor on. Some of them I can blame the script. Because I, I could say Chris Pine was decent. Mm-hmm. But his dialogue sucked. Yeah. And Jemma Chan, I think she was badly acting in this movie. Yeah. I mean, she didn't have great dialogue either. But she also delivered it like she didn't want to fucking be there. Which is probably yeah. the case. And Olivia Wilde, I don't like directors that book themselves in movies. And I know that's weird coming out of, we just watched Clerks 3 and I gave it a nerd, you know, certified nerd, and obviously Kevin Smith yeah. is in it. But Kevin Smith isn't the focal point of Clerks. No, it's it's a different story there. And he he gave, he had
1: the common sense to be the silent character.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. But on top of that, like, he's, like in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I would have that same thing because sometimes you're like, he goes a little bit yeah. over. Yeah. But in the roles he plays in the other jersey sagas including Clerk three is just the jester role of hey we need to bring some levity to the seriousness or take you from one scene to another it's like a palate cleanser if you will so I, I i like what he does there well that brings us to the end of this week's 3fn movie review for don't worry darling next week's 3fn movie review will be of the new we can call it a romantic comedy mm-hmm. bros I can't wait to see this one. It looks hilarious. I cannot wait to see it. And the following week, the 3FN Movie Club review will be Amsterdam. So you guys have the next two ones out there for you. Now it's time to pay some bills, Diesel. It is time for some shameless plugs. That means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. Do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. Type in 3FN Podcast on any single podcast provider out there and booyakasha there we are while you're there you might as well smash that subscribe or follow button so you get our show delivered to you each and every week also if you've done all those things would you consider giving us a five star rating on your favorite podcatcher? it does it takes you it costs you nothing it takes a very little amount of time but it means the world to us we're also on facebook type in that search bar 3F- or 3fn podcast there you're
1: gonna find our page you're gonna like our page you're gonna comment rate review help us spread the word of nerd
0: on Twitter and TikTok, we are at 3 Podcasts. And on Instagram, we're at 3 Pod. And remember, for all the social medias, use hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the show. You guys
1: can't see past your own toxic masculinity and see the beauty in this film.
0: Email us, 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Of course, if you would like to support the show monetarily and get a ton of extra bonus content, you can do so on Patreon, patreon.com slash 3 Podcasts. Like I said, $1 a month gets you a ton of bonus content, including the 3FN podcast. You get it before anybody else. And it's the uncut, unedited, uncooked edition with bonus stuff inside the edition. This time in the mid part, you got to hear all about a Lion King conspiracy theory and so much more. Also, you get the two exclusive, two Patreon shows. We Love Movies, where we dive into movies from the Patreon grab bag. That's right. If you join Patreon, you get to pick movies that we watch. We dive into that. And then, of course... 3FN After Dark two times a month. Myself and Diesel come in and have a lot of fun. There's some comedy. We talk about world shit. Not really politics, but a lot of world shit going on and a lot of whatever we can have fun with. And uh, trust me, it's a long and awesome road. And we appreciate it because paying that as little as $1, is, if enough people do it, you know what? It helps pay and keep us float here at the 3FN Podcast. And we truly appreciate all of our patrons. And if you would like to join them, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. H-T-T-P colon backslash
1: backslash three f n p o d c a s t dot
0: com three a st.com 3fnpodcast.com for all things three f n podcast you can find our all of our social media links there you can find the player for the show and the different links for the show also you can find the player for 607 tws also friends of the show like the odph and there's a player there you can listen to the odph right from three fnpodcastcom or you can click on the link and go right over to odph podcast.com yourself while you're there, you also have the links to the Patreon, the Twitch channel, and most importantly, the T Public store where you can get some swag, look super cool doing it, and also help. Uh, we get a little kickback from it. But the money's not the big thing there. I just love seeing people out in the wild wearing nerd gear, and it's pretty awesome. And uh, we got some new uh, designs up there, and even more coming soon. I'm just going to say there's a new 607 TWS design that should probably be up by next month, and it's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, my wife's working very hard on that. On top of all of that, there is also a music directory where you can find out about the bands who allow us to use their music so we can be copyright free. Of course, you hear them every week in the beginning of the show doing our theme song, Shout at the Robots, plus Floodlands, Tom Jolu, Second Suitor, the Jasons from West Virginia, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia, and so many more. Make sure you check out all of their links and support those bands on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Last but certainly not least, there's a section for our local sponsors who help us bring you this show each and every week without commercial breaks. But they mean so much to us that we're going to give them a shout out right now. To the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, our good friends at Dragon Master Games, 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. Dot com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out what's going on in the shop event-wise or, you know, just if there's some free play or whatever going on, you know what? Best thing way to do that? Follow them on Facebook, Dragon Master Games.
1: And thank you to Rex Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride
0: back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. Of course, last but certainly not least, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. I know it's a little ways off, August 25th and 26th of 2023 for the next Sci-Fi Horror Fest, but hey, if you want to stay up to date on all announcements and everything else going on, make sure you're subscribed over at sci Ronald? Two out of 10 stars, three-hour epic turns out to be
2: a dud. Boring is the key word to use in this film. God, was it ever boring, especially near the end. The thing I wish the director did was edit lots of unnecessary emotional parts of the film or it could have been shortened down to 2.25 to two and a half hours so at least my short attention span would have been kept intact i have not read the book so i cannot comment on the book to movie transfer however i do agree with the comments made by tolkien's son about the movie when he said his father if alive would not have been impressed a little advice if you're like me and have no liking for fantasy type movies by that I means movies that have elves dwarves humans avoid this movie at all costs I give this movie two an extra one just because the special effects were kind of cool
0: two out of ten stars Lord of the Rings just sucks people my only problem with that is if you know you don't like fantasy why the fuck did you go to the movie (laughs) like I'm not a big fantasy fan as well so I just don't watch it that's why I'm not watching Game of Thrones or uh, Age of the Dragon or whatever it is now House of Dragons yeah 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 Mm. I, I only put I, it in because of the comment about Tolkien's son. No, no, I'm, I'm, fine. <laughs> I'm fine with the pick. I'm just saying that was a weird review considering the fact it's like, if you didn't yeah. like something going in, why and the you, fuck would you, you go? You never
2: read the books, like, why would you bother? Especially
0: yeah. a three-hour film. Like, yeah, that's hey, a commitment. <laughs> but then again, there's people who watch uh, seven hours of WWE programming to shit all over it. True. So that's the thing. Well, you know what? We've had a good time here. And we've enjoyed ourselves. And by the way, I would like to say this. Diesel, if what you said about the, when you said the email came true and somebody was like, you're toxic masculinity, <laughs> I'd be like, how fucking toxic are we when we were going to see a gay rom-com this upcoming week in Bros? And we're excited for it, believe it or not.
1: They'll have hotter sex scenes. Oh, definitely. Munching box. Oh, fuck it. Give me two hot guys sucking dick any day of
0: the week. I, I don't know. Uh, two attractive men kissing each other in the trailer did it for me. I'm just telling you. <laughs> you know, the straightish thing is still in effect. But I, I'm just saying, like I don't know if we can be toxic masculine if we're little, little, literally willing and looking forward to going to see a gay rom-com Yes, and to review it. And we're probably going to be one of the few uh, straight outlets that review that movie. And trust me, we're not just doing it for whatever. No, We're actually looking forward to it and looking forward to enjoying it.
2: We haven't had a good comedy this year, so hopefully... I'm
0: agreeing. Well, we had that. Clerks, but it, yeah. it got a little serious. No, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm,
2: I'm just saying...
1: One. If there is a gay couple in the theater and you want to give yourself a handjob, we are not going to Regal's fucking security to get you escorted out. You do you, brothers. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. My wife's coming, too, so we we support it. Maybe I should call Tone. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Well, you never know. He's he's always game. He's always game. Well, thank you once again for tuning in. Hopefully you were entertained. Uh, We definitely brought you our opinions, and we always strive to entertain you. Until we meet again next week at the same bat time and same bat channel. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later nerds. Later. In victory, the old brain
1: reboot should have been five across the eye. Lord of the Rings just two.